This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the 11th day of July, 2022. And uh, I was fully prepared to be uh, doing this show this morning. Pissed. <laughs> after, after the first two games of the Red Sox-Yankee series on Thursday and Friday, and the Red Sox getting absolutely drilled uh, so bad that Jackie Bradley Jr. had to pitch an inning and one against. By the way, Jackie Bradley Jr. gets it up at 90, 91 miles an hour. Good for him. But uh, uh, but then the Red Sox come back and they win. They come from behind to win on Saturday. And then yesterday, they're down 6-2. I, you know, and it was four nothing in the first inning, and I was or, or second inning, and I'm losing my mind. And, and you know, my wife's like, "Hey, hey, it's only the second inning. Relax, relax." Yeah, 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 whatever. You know, and then the Red Sox come back and they have a a great uh, finish to this game. I mean, it was absolutely remarkable, and they did it off of Aroldis Chapman, who was just coming back off of the injured list. He comes on in the sixth and. You know, Chapman is capable of striking guys out. The, the problem that Chapman has had uh, the last few years is uh, his inability to uh, not walk guys. And he walks a couple of guys yesterday. Uh, they get uh, a timely hit uh, off of the glove of uh, DJ LeMayhew by Jeter Downs, of all people. Jeter, Jeter Downs in the middle of the two come-from-behind victories, a guy who was supposed to be starting for Worcester on Saturday, gets scratched from the game and said, hey, we need you to get to Boston. And he came on to pinch hit and gets a huge hit for the Red Sox. And they end up winning the thing 11-6. to Three in the fifth, one in the sixth, four in the seventh. The four and the seventh were just kind of like uh, piling on. J.D. Martinez, who hadn't had a home run since, you know, it seemed like last year. <laughs> it was his ninth of the year, but he hadn't had one forever. Uh, a three-run shot. Christian Vasquez had one. Franchi Cordero had one. Uh, everybody, with the exception of Jaron Duran, uh, pretty much got involved in this. Uh, Duran is, is in a mighty slump right now. I think he's like over his last 11, something like that. And has struck out at one point it struck out like six straight at bats. It's like, it's brutal. As Pete Abraham pointed out that it, it could be with Duran that the scouting, uh, reports have caught up and he's not making adjustments and, you know, look, the kid's still hitting 281. He's done a great job since coming up, but, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, that's one of the reasons why the Red Sox kept sending him back down is is they need him to make adjustments. Excuse me. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. in the middle of things. Trevor Story, three runs batted in. I mean, it just everybody 
kind of got a piece of this one. Alex Verdugo uh, had a great last couple of days and uh, just unexpected, especially after Nick Pavetta, again, with a disappointing performance. His last two have been really, really shaky here in July. And, you know, you wonder, uh, was he overachieving early? Uh, is this a bit of a just a, a blip on the radar that uh, maybe he's a little tired? You know, it's hard to say, but eight hits and six runs, walked a couple of guys. He did strike out five, but he gave up two runs in each of the first three innings. He's out of there after, after three and a third. But, man, the bullpen. And this bullpen, look, you know, it has struggled at times. But Caleb Ort, another guy who just got called up from Worcester, an inning and two-thirds, gave up one hit. Salamora, who in the one of the, I think it was it Thursday night, was just putrid. Two shutout innings, struck out a couple of guys, didn't walk anybody. Matt Strom pitches a shutout inning, and then Ryan Brazier finishes it off. Uh, they get five and two-thirds, three-hit innings out of this bullpen. The most important part of this bullpen in those five and a third, they didn't walk anybody, which is huge. So, uh, look, they're not catching the Yankees. But this is the first time in nine series against American League East opponents that the Red Sox didn't lose the series. They're 0-8-1 now. 0-8-1, just brutal. But, you know, look, here's the thing. As, as was pointed out in, in the Globe this morning, the Red Sox are 3-4 and four against the Yankees. 3-4. and four. And the run differential in those seven games is only four. So it's not like the Red Sox have been getting embarrassed by the Yankees. I mean, it was that 12-5 game that Jackie ended up pitching in. But outside of that, the games have been pretty competitive. Of course, the Red Sox balanced out that that twelve five game with the with the the ass kicking last night. But they're not catching the Yankees. Let's just you know look, they're fourteen games back, which is where they were when the series started. We'll take that. You know, it is what it is. the the The, the Yankees are sixty one and twenty five, by far the best record in baseball. So let's just, you know, let's just worry about the wild card and, and then let the chips fall where they may. And the Red Sox right now have the number one wild card slot. They're two and a half games ahead of Tampa. They're, uh, or excuse me, a game and a half ahead of Tampa. Two and a half ahead of Toronto. Toronto, Jesus, taking on water. They've lost four in a row and nine of ten. You know, it's gotten so bad for Toronto. We'll talk about this in a minute. But it's gotten so bad for Toronto that they're losing games because uh, webbings and gloves break. Vlad Jr. had a ball literally tear the webbing through his glove on a throw from the catcher. And, uh, I mean, and it's happened to him twice this year. I mean, you could play your whole life. You know, you could play 20 years and never have a ball break the webbing of your glove. And he's had it happen twice in a year. But, you know, so l let's concentrate on that because that's what matters right now. You know, right now it's the Red Sox number one wild card, Tampa's second, and then Toronto and the Seattle Mariners have jumped into a tie for that third spot with Toronto. And don't look now, but the Baltimore Orioles are coming. 
the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, my goodness. But it was a good couple of days. It was something that the Red Sox needed. Um, uh, Pete Abraham pointed out in the Boston Globe this morning that, you know, this might be one of the best splits of a series that the Red Sox have had with the Yankees in, like, ever. Because after the first two days, when you've literally gotten your, you know, your butt headed, excuse me, your butt handed to you, I have the uh, the windows open in my office. I think the, uh, the the outside air must be getting to me. It, that'll t- that'll teach me to go outside. Um, but when when you struggle as badly as you did those first two games, to be able to come back and win on Saturday and Sunday is just immense. You know, and and it has to give you some hope. Now, that can all go away in a week. Let's, you know, let's be, you know, let's not get too carried away because the Red Sox have a series now against Tampa and then they have to go play the Yankees in Yankee Stadium at the end of the week. So, you know, you go to Yan- you go to New York and lose three or four, or you know, God forbid, get swept, then that optimism is gone. But this is exactly what this team needed going into that series in Tampa. And when you look at the fact that Chris Sale is going to be back, he is going to pitch Tuesday night in Tampa. Nate Evaldi is going to be back, and he's lined up to pitch at Yankee Stadium on Friday. Garrett Whitlock is probably going to be back for that weekend series in New York. You start looking at some of these things, and the Red Sox are starting to get healthy. So to win these two games is huge. And and now you're going to play a Tampa team that is banged up. Wander Franco, their young star, is on the injured list. You know, and right now Tampa is having a hard time scoring runs. So, you know, if you're the Red Sox and you look at the way everybody has contributed in this lineup, you know, with a, with a few exceptions, Christian Vasquez may be the, the hottest hitter on the Red Sox, you know, right now. He's got his average all the way up to 292. You know, he's, they've moved him up to second in the batting order, for God's sake. You know, the, the really the only black hole, and even Bobby Dahlbeck com, uh, contributed on Saturday, but th- that first base position is really the only black hole. And it was third base yesterday because Dahlbeck played third with, with Rafi Devers still out. I mean, you got to be concerned about Devers being out. Devers will not play tonight in Tampa. He missed the last two games in Yankee uh, against the Yankees. And, you know, and that's the other part of this. If you're the Red Sox, winning those two games without Devers – Huge, you know, and he's not going to play in Tampa tonight. Their flight wasn't scheduled to get down to Tampa until sometime like 4 a.m. It's artificial turf. He's dealing with a bad back, you know. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if he didn't play Tuesday either. You know, if the Red Sox come out tonight and they win that game tonight behind Brian Bale, who's going to be making his second career start, the first one obviously not very good, but he's going to make his second career start and if they win tonight, it wouldn't shock me if Devers doesn't play Tuesday either. There's no reason to rush him back. None. You know, if you can if you can hold serve with him out, 
then then that's what the Red Sox need to do. And you know, if you're Devers, you know, who just you know you you got voted in to be a starter in the All Star game, if he's not a hundred percent, if he's still you know going into that Yankee series and he's not a hundred percent, if you're Devers, you know, do you beg out of the All Star game? I know it's a great honor and all that, but you know, you still have you know seventy nine or seventy eight games to play. That All-Star game is not very important, so we'll have to see whether he'll actually make that. There's going to be a lot of movement with the All-Star game. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, guys that have been selected that won't go. Uh, but uh, but anyway, a huge, huge win yesterday. No question about it. Uh, Bayo tonight against Tampa. Sale coming on Tuesday. Um, you know, right now, I, I, and, and the Red Sox are going to have another decision to make. Josh Taylor has been great with his rehab starts. Pitched another shutout inning yesterday. Uh, for Worcester, and he's looking sharp. So there's another lefty coming in the bullpen, but whose spot does he take? So that's going to be uh, an interesting decision the Sox are going to have coming up, what they're going to do with him. Um, The only discouraging news, I guess, on the injury front would be Kike Hernandez, who made a rehab start uh, for Worcester on Friday, and he went 0 for 4. Struck out a couple of times, but left the game because he was still feeling discomfort in that hip. So Alex Cora called yesterday called it a a setback, and he may not be close. But look, as of right now, with what Jaron Duran and Rob Refsnyder have done, I mean Rob Refsnyder has been ridiculous, right? He's uh, since coming up, he's hitting three thirty eight. You know, this is a, a journeyman who, uh, you know, the Red Sox were just hoping he could come up and. And just kind of get him some get at bats, play some decent defense, you know, move him around a little bit. And he has come up and just torn the cover off the ball, hitting home. He's hit hit three home runs. He broke a he broke a car window uh, in the parking garage across the street behind the Green Monster. By the way, when I used to uh, work at Fenway Park, I used to park in that garage a lot, uh, and I always liked it when they actually because part of that garage, part of it's closed, and the left side of it, as you're looking at it from Fenway, is open. I always liked it when I parked in that garage and they put me in the closed part because if somebody hits a bomb, uh, that's exactly what can happen. And matter of fact, I had a ball at Fenway Park hit my car, uh, left a dent in my uh, in my roof that was there until the day I got rid of that car. But Rob Russnyder, since coming up, is 65 at bats and he's hitting 338. Three homers and 11 runs batted, and you can't ask for much more than that. You know, so uh, he makes a case where, you know, even when the Red Sox get some of these guys back, and if if Kike Hernandez were to come back, you know, who do you keep? And whether it's Ref Snyder or Duran, you know, right now, because Ref Snyder probably can move around and, and play different positions, Rob Ref Snyder might be the guy that stays. Duran might be headed back to Worcester, but I mean, we got we got plenty of time before we get to that. But anyway, a great performance yesterday. Uh, certainly, uh, if you're the Red Sox, you have to feel good now uh, as you head to uh, Tampa for a big series coming up this week. Um, I mentioned the All-Star game. The reserves were announced yesterday, and, uh, of course, uh, Xander Bogarts uh, was picked to go. He is the only other Red Sox representative. Um, you know, But, look, when you have six Yankees there, uh, and, and you can't argue that the Yankees shouldn't have six. They already had Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, who were uh, voted in to start. But then uh, yesterday they named uh, Clay Holmes, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and Jose Trevino, their catcher, uh, as All-Stars. And you really can't argue 
with any of them. You really can't. Clay Holmes has been the best reliever in baseball, I think. Uh, Garrett Cole, his numbers are still good. Nestor Cortez has been great. And Jose Trevino, boy, what a surprise he has been uh, for the Yankees. You know, there was a lot of question what was going to happen uh, when they got rid of Gary Sanchez. And a lot of people thought Kyle Higashioka would be the guy that would step up. And uh, Higashioka has not hit at all. But Jose Trevino has played great defense. He's gotten some big hits. And uh, he earned that all-star selection. So, you you know, you really can't argue with that. You can't argue with the fact that the Houston Astros have five. I mean, look, the, right now, those are the two best teams in the American League, followed by the Red Sox. Um, there will be some adjustments. I mean, Justin Verlander was selected yesterday. He, I mean, he's just been ridiculous. Uh, Framber Valdez, Colt, uh, Kyle Tucker. Uh, Jordan Alvarez was selected. He's not going to go. He's now on the uh, injured list. Uh, because of getting hit in the hand, he's got his hand is swollen. So, despite the fact that he has been selected, there'll be a replacement name for him at some point. Um, but uh, uh, Shohei Otani, of course, is going to go for the Angels. Um, uh, Clayton Kershaw was selected yesterday, so uh, the game is in Dodger Stadium. Kershaw was selected, and it wasn't just an honorary selection. Look, Kershaw six and two with a two four zero ERA. Uh, Tony Gonsolin was also selected. Gonsolin's 11-0. and um, But Kershaw's probably going to be the starter. I mean, you know, Gonsolin with his record and, and what he has done probably uh, uh, probably should be. But with Clayton Kershaw, he's, what, 35 years old, 34 years old. Uh, hasn't been in the All-Star game in a few years, and it's in Dodger Stadium. I have to believe that he will be the uh, All-Star game starter. I'd be shocked if he's not. Um, but anyway, uh you know, and I don't want to get too carried away with you know who got snubbed, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? You know, I mean, when you when you when you come and you and you look at at the end of the day, the way that it's just a popularity contest. It's not really who deserves to be there. You know, in some cases, you can say it is because the uh, you know the managers and Major League Baseball will announce the the reserves, but. Uh, there weren't a lot of snubs in this one where I thought somebody got absolutely screwed. Uh, but what I think it is, what I think is funny, is there were 14 players in this past year who signed deals worth at least 100 million bucks, and none of them, none of those 14, are uh, made the All Star game. The only one that you could probably make a case should have or could have would be Freddie Freeman. Uh, Freddie Freeman had four hits yesterday for the Dodgers. He's hitting over 300. He's got 11 homers, 54 runs batted in. So you could make a case that Freddie Freeman probably should have been on the All-Star team. But he's got four other teammates on the All-Star team. So none of these guys that signed these huge contracts made the All-Star team. Um, So, you know, again, popularity contest, no question. Uh, so I, I don't get, I don't want to get too carried away with it, but uh, uh, and I'll watch the game. I always do. It's the only All Star game I'll watch because it's the only All Star game to me, with the exception of the fact that you know pitchers are only going an inning. Um, it's the only All Star game to me that resembles a regular game. And frankly, you know, and a lot of people hated this. I liked it when. Um, the all-star game determined who who had home field advantage in the World Series. I thought that was great. Make the game worse count for something. I thought it was great. A lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. Um, but 
Uh, it's but you know you watch the NHL All Star Game. They've they've done so many things to the NHL All Star Game. It's like what the hell is this? You know the NBA All Star Game. Nobody's playing defense. That's why you have scores in the hundred and fifties, hundred and sixties. I mean it's just a joke. I mean the NBA doesn't play a lot of defense to begin with. But you know uh, at the end of the day, uh, their All Star Game is an absolute joke. The NFL All Star Game, you know, All Pro Game, that just needs to go away. Because I mean seriously. Um, so baseball is the only one to me that has any kind of legitimacy at all. So I'll watch that one, but, uh, uh you know, the rest of them forget it. Uh, we got plenty of other news to talk about in the American league East coming up. Uh, the blue Jays still struggling. The rays are struggling, which is great news for the red Sox. Uh, and those red hot Orioles, we're going to get to all that. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the wake up call on sports country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on this Monday morning, the twenty, uh, the 11th day of July, 2022. It is 28 minutes past the hour. So I mentioned already that the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays lose yesterday. They get uh, incredibly bad luck. I mean, there's when uh, a throw back from the catcher, they were trying to do a 1-2-3 double play, and the throw from the catcher back to first baseman Vlad Guerrero literally went through the webbing of his glove. Uh, the Mariners took advantage of it. They end up beating the Blue Jays 6-5. to five. It was the eighth straight win for the Seattle Mariners. This is a team that was kind of left for dead. I thought they were going to be a non-factor. This is a Seattle team that was pesky last year. If you remember, they were in that playoff race right to the last week. Well, here they are. Eight, they've won eight in a row, nine of ten. And they have climbed into a tie for that final playoff spot. Both Toronto and Seattle now with the identical 45 and 42 records. And as I said, the Blue Jays have lost nine in a row. I mean, just staggering, you know. And this is a team with a lot of firepower. George Springer hit a home run to lead the game off. Jeez, Bo Bichette had, you know, was three for four, three runs batted in. Uh, Vlad has tailed off a little bit. He's... Uh, only hitting 266, not uh, having the numbers he put up last year. The problem is, is that this with this Toronto lineup, it's very top heavy, and when you get past usually the number five spot in the order, uh, things uh, tend to tail off a little bit. But uh, yesterday, just bad luck, no question about it. Logan Gilbert got the start for Seattle. He wasn't great. He gave up nine hits and four runs in six innings, but fortunately, the bullpen bailed him out. Um, and Matt Festa pitches a perfect eighth inning. He picks up his first win. Paul Sewell picks up his tenth save of the season. Adam Simber takes the loss uh, for the Blue Jays, but uh, just a brutal, brutal loss. When, like like Charlie Montoyo says, you know you you can uh, you can play a whole season in Major League Baseball and see this happen maybe twice in a year. He said we've had it happen twice to the same guy. It just never happens. Uh, by the way, the home run for Springer. His 17th of the season, a guy that was hurt early. Uh, batting average isn't where Springer would like it, but uh, the power is back. He went two for five yesterday uh, with that leadoff home run. It was his 51st career leadoff home run, by the way. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays got swept by the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds, who had the worst record in baseball a couple of weeks ago, uh, end up sweeping that series. Uh, Shane Boz, the young kid, got the start for Tampa yesterday, and it's one he'd like to forget. He didn't even get out of the third inning, eight hits and seven runs. Gave up three home runs. Uh, Jonathan India with a two-run shot. Uh, Stevenson with a two-run shot. 
And then Mike Moustakis with a three-run shot, the 200th home run of his career. And the Cincinnati Reds sweep the Rays. Um, the Rays have not announced a pitcher for tonight's game, by the way, against the Red Sox. It may be one of their uh, uh, their patented bullpen games. Look, the, the Rays are having trouble scoring runs, but they got five yesterday. Uh, they did it in bunches um, as they uh, tend to do. Randy Arozarena uh, with a home run, and uh, uh, Lowe also had a home run. And uh, they had 12 hits, but their, bu- their bullpen and their starters could not get it done yesterday, and they take it on the chin from the Cincinnati Reds by a final of 10-5. to 5. I mentioned the Orioles. The Orioles, uh, I mean, it is unbelievable. The Orioles won their eighth straight game. This is their longest winning streak since 2005. Um, They won 12 in a row back in 2015 and 2016, but uh, they had not won. um, And actually, 2015-16 was 12 straight across two seasons, the end of 2015, the beginning of 2016. But they had not won eight consecutive games in a season uh, since April of 2005, a team that uh, wasn't able to get out of its own way is all of a sudden just one game under 500 and two games out of the last wild card spot. Austin Voth, who was picked up off of waivers from Washington, got the start for Baltimore. Uh, five solid innings, a couple of runs, struck out six, didn't walk anybody. Uh, bullpen tried to uh, puke it up a little bit, but fortunately the offense was good enough. Uh, Jesus Suarez got the start. For the Angels, couldn't get out of the fourth. Uh, Pagaro came out of the bullpen. He gave up a bunch. I mean, it's just it was one thing after another. Uh, Mike Trout just one for four in this one, only hitting two sixty-eight. Shohei Otani went over four, struck out a couple of times. Um, it's beyond disappointing what has happened to this Angels team. And you know, you wonder now if uh, they're regretting firing Joe Madden because it hasn't been any better. You know, they are a season-worst 11 games under 500. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes firing your manager will get people going and uh, it will be a wake-up call, yet not this time. This is just a bad Angels team, and, and uh, boy, you know, I, at this point, well, there's not much else you can do. Just hold on. I mean, they've already lost Anthony Rendon for the season who had to have surgery on his wrist. Uh, and you, you have two of the best players in baseball in Trout and Otani, but not else, not a lot else around him. I mean, it's just absolutely brutal. Uh, and now the Angels uh, will get to play the Houston Astros. Lucky them. Um, Maybe one of the few bright spots in their pitching staff. Noah Syndergaard is going to pitch for Houston. Syndergaard's record not great, just five and seven, but he's got a sub four ERA, and uh, uh, he is. You know, I, he's not the dominating Thor that he was when he was with the Mets, but considering all the uh, injury issues that he's had, uh, he is pitching better and better as this season has gone along. Uh, the Orioles now have today off, and then uh, they have a two-game series starting on Tuesday against the Cubs. And the Cubs are another one of those teams that are reeling right now. It looked like they had kind of turned things around, but then they got whacked around by the Los Angeles Dodgers over the weekend. Uh, Jordan Lyles is going to get the start on Tuesday for the Orioles as they try to get back to 500. Uh, they are they absolutely have to be one of the biggest surprises in Major League Baseball this season. And it also goes to show you how good 
this American League East is. Think about this. If Baltimore were to win its next game, every team in the American League East would be 500 or better. There is no other division right now uh, in baseball that has four teams over 500, let alone five. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. The only division, I guess, that comes close to having a, a four teams over 500 uh, would be the NL East, where the Miami Marlins are in fourth place, and they're only two games under 500. But uh, this American League East, it's no joke. Uh, you know. And again, this is why I say to you that, uh, that Aaron Boone, he's losing his job if they don't win the thing. I mean, I, I'm telling you. Uh, because everybody's like, like Jesus, we, we, we really don't want to play them. Uh, except, you know, and I heard this comment over the weekend, and, and I can't remember whether it was on, it might have been on the Fox broadcast. And uh, uh, the only team that might be saying, hey, bring on the Yankees, would be the Houston Astros, because the Astros have owned the Yankees, and they have no fear of the New York Yankees. You'd like to think the Red Sox are, are feeling that, maybe a little bit better about that, uh, the way they played over the weekend, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if they still feel that way at the end of this week. If they go to New York and do you know just as well, then maybe they'll feel the same way too. But the Houston Astros might be the only team in baseball right now that has no fear uh, of the New York Yankees. Um, and I, you know what? I mentioned speaking of the uh, the Yankee Red Sox series, um, I watched the game. I by the way, I hate watching the Red Sox games on Fox. I, I just do. And A.J. Pruszynski was the color commentator in the game on Saturday. He's awful. He's awful. But one of the things that I thought was funny, and, you know, Pruszynski knows a lot of these guys because he, you know, like uh, he did a funny interview with Chris Sale because he and Sale were teammates in Chicago, and uh, he was, you know, in in Boston for a year and uh, knows Jason Veritek and a bunch of the other guys there. But he, you know, they were showing Jason Veritek warming up uh, pitcher between innings and Jason Veritek's like 50 years old he's not in catching shape anymore he's a big he's a big dude and you know it takes him a little while to get down AJ Prasinski is like making fun of him well Catherine Veritek who is very active on Twitter really went after Prasinski I mean oh my god for kind of you know making fun of her husband uh and uh <laughs> she was pissed to say the least but you know, but you know what? The thing with Jason Veritek, he's this is the kind of coach he is. He's like their game planner guy, but you know, he's still one of those guys that puts on the spikes and he goes out and he warms pitchers up and he goes out and he gets involved uh pregame all the time. You know, he's just that kind of guy. And so to have uh AJ taking some shots at his body and uh, as Catherine Veritek called body shaming 2022. You know, we got to be better than that. But that aside, He's not a very good. He's not very good. You know, I really did not enjoy that Fox broadcast. I have to. I will say this though. I always used to dread when the Red Sox were on Sunday Night Baseball. The new crew that they have with David Cohn and uh, uh, Eduardo Perez and Carl Ravage, great. I have no issues with those guys. Um, you know, thank God they got rid of Matt Vaskersian and and uh, A Rod, but uh, that new Sunday Night crew. That's you know what that was not a bad watch last night, you know, and it is not, and it's not just because the Red Sox won the game, but those guys uh, are entertaining, they're informative, and I just thought that that they did a very good job with. It. I still wish they'd stop doing. I still wish they would do away with interviewing players in the middle of a game, 
You know, they had guys mic'd up. Actually, I don't care if you mic a guy up, but don't do interviews with him. You know, when Alex Verdugo is out in left field, you know, I hate that. Don't be, don't be doing that. You know, I, you know what? What's next? Are we going to start? Uh, are we going to put a helmet or a uh, a camera or something or a uh, microphone in Tom Brady's helmet? Are we going to interview guys in the minute, middle of an NFL game? Are we going to mic guys up in in the NBA? No, or in the NHL? No. You know, so I I just I just wish they would do away with that. And at some point, at some point, it's going to bite them in the ass. I, I'm telling you, at some point, they're going to be interviewing somebody and he's going to be listening to what they're saying in the head and he's not going to pay attention to what's going on in the field and they're going to make a mistake. And that'll be the end of that. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it that way, but I think that's that's the only way this is going to stop. We do not need to be interviewing guys in the middle of the game. You want to do it? You know what? They do it in spring training. All right, fine. You want to do it in the all-star game? Fine. You know, I still hate it, but fine. But in regular season games, when it counts, that has no place. In professional sports, I don't care what sport it is. You have no business interviewing guys unless they're riding the bench and they're putting a headset on, you know, they, like you know when they did it with Chris Sale and the Fox broadcast. Unless they're riding the bench, you have no business interviewing players in the middle of the game, period. Period. Uh, the Mets lose yesterday to the Miami Marlins. Uh, the Marlins uh, take out the Mets 2-0. Sandy Alcantara, another ridiculously good start. Alcantara, seven shutout innings, gave up six hits, uh, struck out four, walked one, lowered his ERA to a Major League Baseball best 1.73. However, he gets a no decision yet again uh, because his team can't score runs. I mean, Richard Blair ends up getting the win in this one uh, because uh, nobody could score in this game until the Marlins scored two in the tenth. But Alcantara has now thrown 19 consecutive scoreless innings. I mean, it's unbelievable what this guy has done this season. Uh, you could make the case that he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. You know, uh, now Tony Gonsolin and, and Justin Verlander, you know, can certainly make a case. But what Alcantara has done this year is crazy. And he just kid just keeps getting better and better. You know, uh, through over 200 innings last year, guys don't do that anymore. But Alcantara is one of these guys. He doesn't want to come out of games. You know, he he tells his man. You know, he when you know he'll go seven innings and they'll want to take him out of the game and he'll argue with them. I mean, he only threw 93 pitches yesterday. Threw seven. He wanted to stay in. Uh, 33 starts last year, and he averaged damn near seven innings a start. Uh, 18 starts this year. He's already thrown 130 innings. He's got two complete games. But they beat the Mets 2-0. Uh, a good start, you know, for the Mets, for Taiwan Walker. Went seven shot-out innings himself. Uh, but they end up scoring a couple of runs uh, with the uh, the Manfred man. Uh, Billy Hamilton was the uh, uh, automatic runner on second base, and he ends up scoring on a throwing error. Uh, then they add a... Uh, an RBI single by Luke Williams, and the Marlins win it 2-0. The Mets lead in the National League East now down to a game and a half. That is the closest that anybody has been to the Mets since the 16th of April. Uh, look, the Mets are still 20 games over five hundred, but they have the Atlanta Braves chasing them, and the Atlanta Braves, since June the 1st, are 29 and 8. 
They won again yesterday. They win in the 12th. Uh, they beat the Washington Nationals. You could make a case they shouldn't have to go 12 to beat the, the lowly Washington Nationals, but be that as it may, uh, they win their third in a row, eight out of the last ten, and they are now a game and a half back of the Mets with a series with the Mets starting on Tuesday. Max Scherzer uh, is going to uh, get the start in the opening game of that series. And Max Freed will get the start for the Atlanta Braves. What a great – I mean, you know, I mean, I know the Red Sox are in Tampa, but this is going to be a great series. This is going to be one of those switching back and forth uh, the next couple of nights. My wife's going to be thrilled about that. But that is going to be huge. And the Atlanta Braves, the way they're playing, could be in first place by the middle of the week. Who'd have thought it? Um, but, uh, you know, Ian Anderson, not a great start yesterday, but the bullpen does its job. Anderson goes five and a third, but then they get six and two-thirds innings out of that bullpen. They only give up one run and three hits. Colin McHugh with two shutout innings picks up his second win of the season uh, as the Braves. Austin Riley with his 20 third home run of the season. He hit it in the eighth inning. That tied the game up, sent it into extra innings, and they get it into the 12th, and the Atlanta Braves end up winning it and crawl ever closer uh, to the uh, uh, the team with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, the New York Mets. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call on a Monday morning Albert Pujols has, uh, was named to the all-star team along with uh, Miguel Cabrera, kind of like a couple of legends, guys that are likely uh, heading off into the sunset at the end of this season. Uh, but Albert Pujols, uh, while his numbers are not great, yesterday was the man for the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals have been reeling lately. Um, but Albert Pujols, with his 684th career home run, he actually had three hits in the game yesterday. Uh, he helped spark the comeback. The Cardinals were down 3-1 to one to the Phillies. They come back with single runs in the 6th, 7th, and 8th, uh, and they end up beating the Phillies 4-3. to three. Uh, Albert Pujols, just, uh, look, one of the classiest guys maybe ever to play Major League Baseball. Um, his 1,377th career extra base hit that ties Stan Musial for third place on the career list uh, it was just his fifth home run of the season uh, but uh, just you know you love seeing a guy like this and to go to come back to St. Louis uh, I can't think of a better way uh, for him to go out uh, so the uh, they come back and they win that game and look that's a game that the Cardinals desperately needed uh, they're still only two and a half back of the Milwaukee Brewers, despite having lost seven of the last ten. So they needed that one yesterday uh, badly. The Phillies now seven games back of the Mets, uh, five and a half back of Atlanta, who sits in second place. The Phillies had won three straight games. Kyle Schwarber, by the way, another home run for the Phillies yesterday. Uh, that was his 28th of the season. That leads uh, the National League. Talk about a great signing. This is a guy who signed late, uh, and he has been outstanding. 
uh, is now his batting average isn't great, but hitting 222, but 28 home runs now for Kyle Schwarber. Reese Hoskins with a couple of hits, Nick Castellanos with a couple of hits. They actually out hit the Cardinals in this game, uh, 11 to 8. Uh, but the uh, the Cardinals come back behind Albert Pujols to win that one. Um, Freddie Freeman, I mentioned that uh, he might have been the only guy that you know you could make a case should have made the All Star game of the uh, the high priced players. Freddie Freeman with four hits yesterday. Uh, the Dodgers come back in this one. Uh, they were down five nothing after the top half of the first inning. The Cubs scored five in the in the top half, and you're like, oh boy. Uh, but they come storming back. They could score three in the bottom of the first and then a six-run third inning. Uh, Julio Urias got the start for the Dodgers, was not good. Drew Smiley was almost as bad for the Cubs. Uh, so the, this was a bullpen game, and uh, Al Leiter Jr. ends up taking the loss as um, uh, he took it uh, on the chin when the Dodgers came up with that big six-run third inning, and the Dodgers win it 11-9. They sweep the Cubs. Uh, in this series, not only that, they sweep the season series with the Cubs. First time in the history of the Dodgers and the Cubs that the Dodgers have swept a season series from Chicago. It's the and, and not only that, it's the tenth straight time they've beaten the Cubs overall. It's the longest winning streak in that in that rivalry since 1947. And it's the first time they swept a four game series um, from the Cubs in Los Angeles since 1965. So the Dodgers improved to 56 and 29. Uh, they are eight games ahead of the San Diego Padres, who got absolutely leveled yesterday um, by the uh, San Francisco Giants. The Giants beat them 12 nothing. Wilmer Flores with a couple of home runs in this game. Alex Wood got the start, start pitched seven shutout innings. Uh, so the Dodgers now will uh, uh, take on the Cardinals, and uh, the San Diego Padres uh, will have a uh, series starting on tonight, excuse me, with the Colorado Rockies, and the Padres need to get this thing turned around in a hurry. Uh, they're still in wild card position right now, but just barely. So the Padres now 49-38, and 38, uh, but they got absolutely whacked yesterday. The Twins uh, win. They beat the Rangers 6-5. That's one that the Twins needed. Uh, they were close to getting swept by the lowest Texas Rangers uh, but it was a Ryan Jeffers tie-breaking home run in the sixth inning, the difference in this one, uh, and the Twins win. Uh, the win goes to Dylan Bundy. He wasn't great, but he did enough. The bats bailed him out. He gave up four runs in five innings, uh, but Dylan Bundy picks up his fifth win of the season for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Zach Greinke turns back the clock. Five shutout innings, only gave up three hits, uh, and the Royals beat the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians now one game under five hundred. Uh, it was just a 30-second win of the year for the uh, Royals. And for Zach Greinke, his third win of the season. And uh, look, good for him. Yeah, you know what? The other thing, he threw his five or 50,000th career pitch. 50,000 total pitches in the major leagues in his 19 seasons. Um, he became the 17th pitcher to do that since they started keeping pitch counts in 1988. Um there's only one other active pitcher that's thrown as many uh, pitches as Zach Greinke. Who is it? His former teammate, Justin Verlander. Uh, so now the uh, the Guardians will take on the Chicago White Sox in a series starting to, tonight. Um, the Guardians are a half a game ahead of the Chicago White Sox. 
the White Sox end up winning yesterday. Uh, White Sox have now won 6 of 10. Uh, they took care of the Detroit Tigers yesterday, 4 of 2. Michael Kopech got the start for the White Sox. Didn't factor in the decision. Kendall Graveman got the win out of the bullpen. Liam Hendricks picked up his 17th save of the season. Uh, Gavin Sheets, his 7th home run of the season as the White Sox win that one uh, by a final of 4 to 2. Uh, Wimbledon action. Uh, Novak Djokovic won his 7th Wimbledon yesterday. He did it in 4 sets, winning the 4 set 7-6. Uh, um, he is one behind Rafael Nadal now in uh, terms of uh, Grand Slam titles. And, uh, of course, they all trail Roger Federer. Um, but uh, he could tie Nadal at the U.S. Open. Here's the problem. He's not vaccinated. He said he has no intentions of getting vaccinated. So as of right now, Novak Djokovic, uh, unless he has a change of heart, uh, will not be in the U.S. Open uh, coming up in late August. Uh, NASCAR yesterday, Chase Elliott, who is from Georgia, got the win at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, he holds off Corey LaJoy, wins it. And, uh, the race finished under a yellow as there was a, uh, a crash uh, and a yellow flag on the last lap. But uh, Chase Elliott wins it. Uh, he and his father, Bill Elliott, uh, become the only Georgia-born drivers to ever win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And by the way, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jr. are the only other father's son uh, to take the checkered flag at uh uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So uh, congratulations to Chase Elliott for that one. Uh, and Tiger Woods played an 18-hole practice round at St. Andrews over the weekend and said that, uh, I think it was actually was, on, was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. And he has said that he is going to compete uh, in the Open Championship, the British Open, uh, which starts on Thursday. Uh, he played three rounds um, the last time out. Had to withdraw because of uh, his leg just wouldn't wouldn't allow him to uh, to compete. Um, he was in the Masters, finished all four rounds, but finished like forty seventh. Uh, but look, Tiger has been dominant at St Andrews when he's been there in the past. And you know, but he's forty six years old. He's got two bad legs now after that car accident. Don't know whether he can do it. Uh, but you can guarantee. There is going to be a huge TV audience watching to see whether Tiger Woods can turn back the clock one more time and pick up yet another major championship. I, I, the odds are against him, uh, but you never count Tiger Woods out. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Let's have some Zach Brown band on the way out. It's called Make This Day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.